have your daily takes. Uh, we're back again. Uh, first things first, you know, I just got back from the uh, Sparks game. Um, it was actually camp day, uh, you know, because so they had a game at, I think it was like, they had like 12.30. Um, you know, I had always wondered why they had those games so early, but I finally understood why. Like, it's not really so much about, uh, you know, like adults' viewership. It's just about inter, um, introducing kids to the game. And I think that for the Sparks, especially, well, not for the Sparks, for WBA as like a whole, like that's what you need to do. You need to raise up the next generation of fans you know, that are going to come to the game and not only just come to the game, play the game. Um, you know, I don't know the ratio between, you know, girls and boys that were there, but even for, you know, women to see, well, young, young ladies, really girls, not even young ladies yet, for, 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 for girls to, uh, you know, see um, uh, role models and people they could look up to playing basketball, like up close and personal, and it kind of be normalized um, that women play basketball. I think that's great. Like maybe you could have influenced – you know, some girl who was there to be the next Diana Taurasi, the next uh, the next Lisa Leslie, the next Skylar Diggins, the next, you know, like maybe you could have somewhat influenced that um, just by having them, uh, you know, at that game. And I think that that's important for the league. It's um, important for the league's growth. That crowd and energy was great. Um, if nothing else, man, you influence your kids to, you know, tell, go home and tell their parents, like, yo, I really enjoy myself. And then you influence the parents to maybe one weekend, you know what, we're going to go see this WNBA game. Like, tickets aren't too much money anyway. You could probably spend more money at dinner than you would at, like, a WNBA game where you spend more money at an amusement park than, like, a WNBA game. So, you know, it, it, it's really, man, it's just about the kids, man. And, like, that's why they do these early games. And I get it. I understand it. I respect it. Um, and, yeah, man, like, the one thing I just learned just getting older in life is just everything is really about the kids, man. Like, once you pass the age of 25, it's not really about you no more, bro. Like, it's about the youth. That's music. That's sports. That's everything. It's about the youth. Um, speaking of the youth, there's one team that definitely uh, headed towards a youth movement, uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um you know, uh, they have uh, Chris Paul on their roster now. Chris Paul is actually back where he started his career. Started his career with the Hornets, but they were the Oklahoma City Hornets because of Katrina. So he's actually back where he started. Um, you know, they were trying to, I guess, trade him immediately. Hasn't happened. Um, but, you know, what I always do is I always look at the positives. I always look at the other angles. And I'm here to tell you, if, like, look, this is a big if, but if Chris Paul is engaged and he can stay moderately healthy, the Thunder can be a playoff team. The Thunder's roster, if you look at it, isn't that bad. Like, yes, they're in a rebuilding stage, but it's not that bad. I don't think that it really does the Thunder any good to try to tank. I don't think they're going to try to tank. I think they're going to try to go for it and and at least make a playoff push. Reason being is, like, the Thunder have so many picks, so, so many picks, that they're going to be in trade discussions when any star comes up for the next three, four years. Like, they have so many assets they can give to any team, as well as some young players. Um, and also, I'm counting on guys to just take a step. You know, like, look, I covered Shea up close when I covered the uh, Clippers a lot last year. I think Shea can come out this year and give you about... 18 points. 
Let me look at what he averaged last year. I think probably around like 12. Last year, he averaged 10 points. I think he can come out here next year and give you about 16, 17, 18 points. You know, I mean, I think Shea could be most improved player next year. You know, he's going to get a lot of opportunities. I mean, if you look at the roster, he's probably what he might be besides Danilo. It's going to be, well, Danilo. It's going to be situations in which Shea is going to be like probably the best scorer on the court. I mean, again, yeah, you have Chris Paul, but, you know, obviously Chris Paul is a more pure point guard. I think Shea can kind of play to the one and the two. He did it all year last year, played the one and the two. Um, so, I mean, look, if I like, look, I think if you could run a lineup of like uh, uh, Chris Paul, Shea, Ferguson, Danilo, and uh, Steven Adams, I mean, I think that's a formidable five. In my humble opinion, like I like I really think that's a formidable five. Steven Adams is still twenty five, excuse me, years old. Chris Paul, like Chris Chris Paul's contract isn't worth his play at this point. But that doesn't mean Chris Paul is a bad player. Like we have to stop this 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 you know acting like Chris Paul can't play basketball. Chris Paul is still a very effective point guard. Granted, it's not eight years ago. He's not the superstar he once was. He may not even be elite like he once was, but he's still a very good basketball player. I don't think you can name fifteen point guards better than Chris Paul. You can try, you'll fail. In my humble opinion, I don't think you can do that at this point. Now, granted, he has he has his health concerns, like you know his hamstrings go bad, you know his knees are bad, so he definitely has his health concerns, but. If he can stay engaged and he wants to be there and stay on the court and actually give you about 70 games, I think this team has a realistic shot at the playoffs. Like, I think that you got about seven teams who I think are a lock for the playoffs, at least I would assume. I think the Blazers, I think the Jazz, the Rockets, the Clippers, the Lakers, the Warriors. Uh, who am I missing? Uh, I know I'm missing somebody. Jesus, I can't think right now. I'm sure I said the Blazers. Um. Oh, the Nuggets. The Nuggets. They did about seven teams who are like a lock for the playoffs. Now that eighth spot, I think, is between like the Pelicans, the Mavericks, you know, the Thunder, the Spurs. Like that eighth spot can get really. I mean, even like I think Phoenix is be will 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 be a lot better than what they were in past years. I don't know about playoff better, but I think they'll be a lot better than you know what they were in past years. But again, I think this Thunder team will be a competitive basketball team, and even if they aren't a playoff team, they'll be one of those fringe playoff teams like the like that. That you know, ten that will like eleventh to fourteenth spot in the lottery, and with the way the lottery is now, like you never know, you realistically may you know jump up, however many picks, and end up getting a top five pick. And look, I don't think this team is a bad team, man. Even like a guy like Darius Baisley, you know, I saw him play Romeo Langford in high school. Actually, um, I liked him in that game when I saw him play in high school. I even saw him play in summer league and he did a couple moves and I was like, all right, okay, like you've been working on your game. So even like a guy like him coming in, I think him playing with a Chris Paul to help. Even like a guy like Terrence Ferguson, like if he went in the gym and actually got better in this offseason, which I'm going to trust that he did, if he went in the gym and got better, you know, I think he can help. Even Andre Robeson, he, he didn't play all last year um, and I think that that actually had a huge effect and it was actually probably some of the reason why PG even hurt his shoulder was because PG was asked to guard you know, the best perimeter player pretty much all season because usually that, that would be Roberson doing it, but he's out. I actually think Roberson is kind of what set the franchise back. I think just with the Thunder in general, they always have an injury that just really sets them back. Like, we got to remember when Roberson went down with that knee injury, he was probably the defensive player of the year. The man can't shoot the ball, so the only reason he out there is to play defense. So you got to be one hell of a defender, you know, to be able to be on the court, even especially if you can't stress the floor. 
So, you know, I think if everybody can stay healthy, I really think, like, they could be a playoff team, bro. Well, at least borderline playoff team. Um, you know, I, 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 I don't think they're tanking. Again, I don't think there's a real need for them to tank. Like, I, I don't get why you would tank. Again, you have so many picks. You have so many assets that you can kind of, like, again, you're going to be in trade talks for however long. Even if it, even if there's a pick that you want at the top of the draft, you got so many back assets and so many young players on your team. Trade a couple of them and go get the guy you want. You know, I don't think you're in a position where you need to lose games on purpose. And also, you bring in guys like uh, uh, D, um, Danilo. You bring in guys like CB3, who still has money left on his deal, and it seems like he's not going anywhere. Also, if you're CP3, you probably want to come in and, like, play your value up, you know, make a team want to take a risk. Also, if you're the, the Thunder, you want to put him on the court, hope he can come out here and give you, like, 16 and 10 to play his value up so that maybe a team can come in and be like, you know what, we need him. You know, maybe a team like, I don't know, the Lakers, I don't think they would do it, but the Lakers or, you know, some team that's a kind of a fringe playoff team that needs a point guard, you would think would come in and be like, okay, you know, we could use this guy. You know, maybe, I mean, look, maybe the the Bucks, depending on how Bledsoe looks, maybe the Bucks, somebody, again, could come in and be like, you know what, we could really, really use this guy. Um, he could take us to that next level. So I don't think they'll be tanking. And I think they have a good roster, man. Like, when you look at this roster, it's not terrible. They are. And you still got Schroeder off the bench. I think they brought Nerlens back. You got Mike Muscullin. You you know, you got some more floor spacers. I think that they hope Muscullin can give them what Patterson never gave him um, when he signed. Uh, also, Diallo's his second year. I think Diallo's the young athletic uh, guard, defensive guard, and also gets to the rim. You know, like, I, I look, 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 man. Like, I, I think this team can definitely surprise some people. And also, Steven Adams. I think Steven Adams is going to eat this year. I think this might be the best year of Steven Adams' career. You know, you got Chris Paul dishing it to you now. I love Russell Westbrook. And, you know, I love what he did in the, uh, you know, the uh, pick and roll with, uh, uh, with, with you know, uh, Adams. But I also love CB3. Now, I know what CB3 can do in the pick and roll. I saw what he did with DJ. I saw when he saved Tyson Chandler's career. Like, Chris Paul has gotten a lot of centers paid. I think we forget what Tyson Chandler was when he came to New Orleans to play with CB3. He was labeled a bust. CB3 took that man, got that man paid, sent that man to Dallas where he won the championship, and it was all, all uphill from Tyson after that. But we got to remember what he was when he came and join New Orleans. It was the perfect uh, point guard for him to play with. So again, even though CB3 is old, man, I think he, I, I think he can still bring something to this team. I'm, I'm, I'm expecting some of the young guys to take a step. I think Shea is going to take a huge step. I think Shea can very well be, be the most improved player. And also Danilo, he's a guy that when healthy, he can give you 20 a night. Now granted, he don't always, health is a huge question with him, and always has been and probably always will be. Um, but See how many games did he, did he play last year? Uh, Danilo played. Um, one second, sixty-eight games last year. If he can come out and give you about sixty-eight to seventy games, like you know, like I, I, you know, I think that this team can be decent, you know. And also, he gave you nineteen point eight in basically seventy games. If he can repeat that production, then Chris Paul can go out here and give you about 16 and 10. If Shea can get his scoring average to about 17, and Steven Adams can give you about 14 and 11, you know, like, look, man, like, I don't think this team is terrible. 
also again strode off the bench like look man like I think this OKC team might surprise a couple people this season who's just completely writing them off. Now, granted, I'm not going to say even if they made the playoffs, they make it past the first round. But I do still think that this team can still be a very, very successful basketball team next season when Chris Paul. Uh, so, yeah, Paris Daily Takes.